This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Brass with Longleaf Fertilia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy. Like Joe Dierte. <laughs> Joe Dierte. Whole family of rats found in Joe Dirt's mullet. <laughs> <laughs> you go practice falling down. I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> it's like the pinnacle of American Center right there. Oh, that's so funny. I'm out of cars in the shop getting a footprint gas pedal and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> One of my, uh, my male uh, Cyania, his name is Kickin' Wang. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Awesome. Great Change your name from kicking Wang to kicking ass. I would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. anyways. Oh, welcome, everyone. This is episode 158 of the Herpeticulture Podcast. I am Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. I am Jacob Brods with Longway Fertilia. And this week we are joined by Mr. Dylan Shows to talk about some. I'm actually like super pumped about this episode. Yeah. I haven't since we initially talked about it. Yeah. Um, like, snake aversion training for dogs uh so we'll get into that here in a few but real quick the show is brought to you by blackboxcages.com uh facebook instagram check out their website to place an order or if you're not sure what to get send them a message either you can do it i think on google you can send a message on mm -hmm. facebook send a message on instagram someone's going to answer you and we're going to get back to you pretty quick very they are very responsive um you know you have no problem getting in touch with them and their cages and racks are so versatile it's incredible a lot of options to add on your on your on either or really and uh yeah they're just a fantastic product if i have uh time this weekend i may do a xr20 review video mm. we'll see I always want to do videos and then it's like my days off. I get so backed up on other stuff that it just yeah. doesn't happen. So um, check them out. And then Steve Snakes Ray and his Venom Hot Sauce. Um, you get some hot sauce. You're helping Steve out with all of his public education, uh, rehabilitation of, of snakes and, and other herps that are brought to him, relocations, uh, rescues. Yep, rescues. He has a he has a collection of animals a that he's rehabbing and his personal collection that he uses to educate people. So if you're getting his hot sauce, yep. you're helping him out. Uh, SteveSnakeSanctuary.com. Yep, he does take unwanted snakes. So if you have a pet snake that you don't need anymore, please do not release it and give it to Steve. Yeah, give it a good home. Yeah. So what's happening, man? Is there a delay? Oh, there you are. Yeah, gotcha. Sorry, there's a little delay. My bad. Um, oh, nothing. Just you know, hanging out. Long day at work. Ready to talk some snakes and stuff like that. Hell Kinda, yeah! I don't have a whole bunch of people to talk snakes with, Marina, so it's fun to uh, be able to do that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I love. Isn't that the the smallest city in the U.S.? <laughs> biggest, biggest little city in the world. There you go. <laughs> it's a funny place. Um, don't tell people, but it's pretty rad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Reno yeah. nine one one was was. Oh my god! An amazing I show. Were you saying you don't know Gator? <laughs> so a I mean, lot of that. Like, thing. Thing. 
<laughs> Go blueberries over here making a food salad. <laughs> a lot of that was filmed in Reno, but I, think I believe most it. Of it yeah. Most of it was in uh, Southern California. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, that Gator part, man, that was Dude, amazing. I, I, wa- I could I watch how they that. They just left him. Yeah, I could watch that clip <laughs> on replay, man. They, oh, God. What's that funny? <laughs> you know about no gator. So that's one, two, three, four, five. That's split to the double. I mean, this gator, 50 year old. <laughs> You've been attacked before. You know how to approach. Oh, God. I need to watch that again now. Dude, I, I've watched it so many times. I can't. Oh. <laughs> so, just quick general intro as far as like yeah. what you're keeping right now who you are what you do in the in the, the herp hobby yeah. for pediculture. Um, so i have a pretty small collection i've got um like 25 snakes but uh made sure the ones that i have were something that i really wanted to keep and keep for a long time and work with so mm-hmm. um my biggest focus is uh darwin carpets absolutely love them Nice. Um, think, nice. Yeah, I think they're awesome. Um, I love the prehensile tail and just like just looking at them, they're so beautiful. Um, yeah, I've got some stuff from uh, most of my stuff is from Inland Reptile, Nick Mutton, and um, uh, Martin Roseman, uh, some other mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. And um, yeah, I just focus in on um, specific lines. So I've got the albino tiger stripe strap from Nick and uh, RSA line from Martin. And I'm trying to get the other two bloodlines available in the U.S. and kind of stick with that stuff because they're my favorite. And then I just want to keep rolling with them. Yeah. Just Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. And uh, those smoking hot, just regular sort of wild type Darwin's yeah. man. Or, yeah. They're like they're a, almost as cool as pop ones. No, but, I mean, they're yeah. like a good looking pop one on crack. Now, I've got I've got pop okay. ones, too. So I've got. Okay. Uh, well, you know, I'll get yeah. I've got some double head exotic granites and nice. a, couple of, a pair of wild type. Boy, nice. And um, another thing I really like is Liasis. I've got uh, Maclots. I've got Timor Island locality Maclots. Um, a pair of F1s from Fascination Herp. They imported the adults mm-hmm. and then um, sold the babies. I got a pair from them. And then I've got a male from Ryan Young and a female from Nick Mutton. And that's kind of my 2.2 of the Timor Island Max. So nice. they're, they're really fun. I like, they're spicy though. Like, yeah. you know, uh, the female, the, the f1 female is my biggest she's about four feet now and um i was cleaning cages and i used a nice like cocoa sphagnum vermiculite substrate mix and i had this big 55 gallon bucket full of it in the snake room because i was redoing things from the spring and the female liasis disappears out of her um tub into the 55 gallon bucket of <laughs> substrate and then she's just gone like i can't, oh, like, I, can't find, I can't find her she just disappears goes right to the bottom so I'm like digging around it with a hook and I, I kind of get one of her coils and she comes shooting out of the thing, mouth open, like shooting out. And she, I'm six, three, she makes it over my shoulder out of this thing and freaking musks me on the way. So she's just like <laughs> this <laughs> rocket of a mouth, like coming over my shoulder and then just covered this oh, and then wraps herself around all the cords. So yeah. I don't know why. Oh, I like that's that. the worst part of the whole thing. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Getting them out of there. But uh, yeah, I've got those. Um, I love the medium pythons. I've got some ball pythons because genetics are cool. Um, mm. And some candoya, some 
Australia, so the Solomon Island tree boat. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, I really like those. They're they're different. They're really odd. They're yeah. not like much of anything, really. They're like different the little snakes from Minecraft. Yeah, they're very, very <laughs> unique little aliens. <laughs> and uh, simple care, and uh, really fun to watch them climb all over the pages. And, mm-hmm. uh, just awesome eaters, too. I've not had yeah. any problems with them. Um, I got a, uh, the pair from DM Exotic, so I mean, he takes great care of his stuff and before he sends it out, so I started on the right foot there. But they're yeah, really yeah, sure. Yeah, and then yeah, there's a lot of people who get those and see the you know thirty dollar babies at shows or something that probably even haven't even had a meal. Yeah, and they get them. Oh and then boy, they're... yeah, that's that's a disaster right there. <laughs> yeah, I've um, got some Western skinks that I've been uh, trying to use. Um, I don't know, just raise up and breed for for future feeders because my goal is really to get some more of those tree boas and. Um, you know, if they want to eat skinks, I want to give them skinks. So, right. If I can do it, I'm going to try. And the Western skinks are really neat. Just little blue tails and stuff. Like mm-hmm. that. And I've got a state of Nevada um, fishing license, so it's like you can have 25 of them. Or something like that. Nice. That's yeah. a random so, number. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, you can have 25, but 26. Can you have like 25 right adults? Can you have like yeah. 25 adults and breed them, and then have more? Or um, yeah, 25 would, like no babies, like no. Yeah. Well, luckily, my girlfriend and I live together, so she can also. Ah, there it is. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that's how we can get around that. But nice. Yeah, I really like those salmon tree boas. I'm hoping breeding skinks will help me out in the long run with that. So, nice. So we've yeah we've got two species here that have that blue tail. There's the five lines, yep. and then is there is it broadbands broadheads Broad, broadbands don't. I mean broadheads, broadheads don't have. They're not blue. They're like red. When they're like little though. They do, do they? Yeah, they're but they're blue? they're really hard to tell apart. I mean, there's surely there's some trick to it that I'm just not aware. Oh of. yeah, you're right. I forgot uh, about that. Broad eyes kings do look like. So we've got two species that have that blue tail, and yeah. they're freaking everywhere. It's you know, there's a tree in the backyard that's like half rotted but somehow still growing. Mm. And I've got a whole like family <laughs> of broadheads that just live in. There's like five of them in there. And if Dude, you go they out there get the massive. Sun, man. Yeah, man. huge. They're, they're like little um freaking blue tongues. They're big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're so fast too, man. Good luck. They're fun to watch though. Yeah. So you have like like a pair of them. Like I'll watch some in like the flower bed out front if I'm smoking mm-hmm. on the porch. I'll watch them chase bugs and chase each other and stuff. Yeah. They're actually pretty fun to watch. Yeah, they're really neat. We have a lot of the scalopras though, Western Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And I love watching them do push ups in the backyard and like yeah. there's <laughs> like three colonies in our backyard and they each have their own little territory and like I'll sit out there and just watch like one go over and like get it you know, beat up, like run back. Yeah. And like, you know, it's just super fun. Yeah. It's better things. than TV. Oh yeah. <laughs> I got an old recliner sure. in the backyard. <laughs> watch my lizard smoke my skink time. Everybody shut yeah. the fuck up. <laughs> Some nice Western Diamondback living inside of it. <laughs> then uh, I got three cluberts. I've got uh, hmm. locality glades county corn. Nice. She's really cool. She only eats for like six months of the year, but <laughs> <laughs> other than that, she's cool. Um, and then two corn baird hybrids. Oh, and corn baird's hybrids. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was at the vivarium newspaper vivarium, and they had three for sale. And my thought was they're really cool looking. Um, 
if they get sold, maybe somebody's going to breed them down the line. So I'm just going to take them. <laughs> and let me save everyone from themselves. Yeah, kind of. I just want to see what they look like. And um, I, I have this thought: like, if I get four um, forty gallons, I could have a corn, a corn bird, a corn bird, and a bear, and just kind of see, you know, what yeah. they look like. like and an I think animal they, book cover. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you kind of shake it one way, and it looks different. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I really like those, and they eat really well for me so nice. they're, they're look like emery eye at the moment the yeah the ones that i've seen and it hasn't been many they, they were like you could tell they weren't one or the other like there was clearly yeah. a mix of something going on but you couldn't, weird unless you knew what it was it was kind of hard to say for sure yeah it's always weird seeing some of those hybrids like even like yellow rat and corn snake hybrids they just look weird yeah, I don't know just, what it is like, you know, the stripes with the because, you know, yellow rats or, or true yellow rats are normally, you know, very striped, you know, corn yeah. snakes are always blotched, you know, unless it's a morph or something. But when you mix them, it's just they just look weird. Corn head, but the body uh -huh. is just so different, you know. Mm -hmm. Have probably, you ever seen it at here. all out looking around? No, no, there's nothing I've ever. And I've always wondered if they would. As common as they yeah, are, yeah, you know, be that there'd be some type of crossover, on. you know, because yeah. they're virtually the same thing, you know. But yeah, I don't know. Do they live in that different of the habitat? No, like, no, they, you they find just them, you as can, easily find a corn as you could find a yellow. Yeah, rabbit. I found them in the same habitat. They live the same, uh, you know, live in the same habitat. I found them on the same roads. You know, it's. I've definitely seen more yellows than I've seen corns. Oh yeah, yo, that, yellows are definitely way more, more abundant, but. Yeah. I. I I'm envious that you get to find rat snakes. I mean, I get to find pitchovers all the time, but ah, oh, see, I'm jealous yeah. of that. I love my pitchovers. They're neat. They're neat. I never get to see those. Like, <sighs> <You know? laughs> I've only ever, you. I've only ever found one pitchovers in my life, and that was out in uh, South Texas. Oh, nice. Cool that way, yeah, really pretty. It's great. I freaked, I freaked out when I saw it, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's the only one I've ever found. We saw a pretty decent sized dead one on the road when we were in Texas. Mm. It was a bummer. It wasn't huge, but it was definitely an adult. And yeah. I really I really wish we had had more time to spend in like lajitas and stuff and look around because some of those lajitas bulls that I've seen on Morph Market. Um mm. oh my god. Like yeah. I would throw that <laughs> I would throw it out for yeah. a pair of those in a freaking heartbeat. Yeah. Those things are smoking. Yeah, and those Texas bulls, man, they just get huge, too. Yeah, they get massive. It's so impressive. Yeah. I just, I dig those, too. Christmas Mountain stuff. Yeah. I really like that. And uh, and I'm not even a big pit guy, but, like, those yeah. those yeah. lajitas, dude, those were just, dude, you as gotta, soon as I saw those, I was like, okay, those are freaking cool. Did you, have you seen my Klebergs, other than pictures? Yeah, they came to the shop, remember? Did they come to the shop? Yeah. Dude, this thing, oh, I love those so much. I got Kleberg County Bulls from uh, Chris Paintjob, and they are just. Oh. Is that is that in Texas as well? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they're awesome. We have Southern Tier somewhere. I've never. I've only seen yeah. one ever. I don't know. Right. <laughs> are I don't consider know. Are they considered ever... Southern Pines here? I think so. Yeah, they've all been lumped into Southerns now. I believe. I thought what we had were considered Northerns. No. You sure. Fairly like eighty percent sure. Eighty percent all the time. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna look it up real quick. We can get okay. it. We can get into this. 
Go ahead, Bill Nye. Yeah, I just want to look. <laughs> Wouldn't you like no, to know, Weather Boy? <laughs> no, let's just let's continue. Yeah. So we had talked. I guess it's been like two weeks or so now, but you had mentioned the dog training stuff. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting because there was a point in time where I had a buddy who had a friend who was, I think, trying to sell a business that was doing that, and he was trying to yeah. get me and Jake to buy it. Okay. Oh, yeah, that that's right. Years yeah. ago. It was like at the beginning of THP. It's been a while. So oh, I always thought it was really interesting because I've heard of, of people doing it, um, especially around here. I guess it's a fairly popular sort of course to, to go okay. through. But um, I'd imagine even more so out west, so, given the abundance of, of Aatrox and stuff like that. So what's, oh, yeah. how did you get involved in that? Like, what was the... So, um, Reno's got a small little, um, reptile Facebook group and, um, one of the admins posted, um, uh, looking for help for their business. So, um, John and Tessa, John owns business. Tessa helps, helps along with that. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, that'd be awesome. You know, uh, I'll get some experience with rattlesnake, which for me, my experience ends at like four foot away from my camera's lens, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like where it's I know how to stay safe and how to flip boards and things like that. But, you know, I, I usually just don't mess with it. But um, this would I thought this would be a great way to get some really good um, experience with rattlesnakes by professionals, you know, with people yeah. that deal with them all the time. And I wanted to do it the right way. So I reached out and um, at first I was just going to volunteer. But um, late last November um, with the COVID thing, you know, supplies ran low in my job and all of a sudden there's this job available with me and I was like, Oh yeah, so let's do this. So I've only been doing it for a year, but um, you know, we go every weekend pretty much and mm -hmm. three days of jam packed classes, six to 50 to 80 dogs a day. And wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Teaching a lot of dogs, getting to know a lot of different people. Um, they've had this business for 20 years. So the that's a lot of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about that, Good just Lord. How many dogs you do in a day over the mm -hmm. and a lot of repeat customers do just to give like refreshers and things like yeah, that. Yeah, so right. like reinforce it. Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah, just the people listening to people that come back and like tell you these stories of like, yeah, the dog was running and then all of a sudden it like back way up and like circled around me and like went like 30 feet out of its way to avoid this rock. And I went over and looked, and there's a rattlesnake in there. It's just pretty oh, amazing. Nice. Yeah. How effective the training is. And it's cool yeah. to hang out with her people, you know? <laughs> so the, I mean, what's the, so I know the program down here that my, my friend of a friend uh, was trying to part with, I think was more catered to hunters, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, this is like dove hunting and ground fowl hunting is fairly popular down here. And yeah. Jake will tell you on some of these plantations and stuff that people go hunting on, there's, there's no shortage of, you know, timbers and, and other stuff. So cane breaks, but, yeah, same Continue. thing. Uh, no. <laughs> the cane breaks down here. I refuse to say anything else. Patrick Odatis is real, damn it. They can be timbers everywhere. April, I don't know if you saw the April. It did. It got me, dude. I got so Yeah, it got me, too. Bad. Big I like, time. Finally, I was like I running. Down. I was running through the house like, what? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so um, they really service all types of dogs. You know, um, there have definitely been some public uh, service dogs. Like, uh, actually search and rescue dogs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They really benefit for that because if you can imagine a, that dog is looking in mm -hmm. all of the holes and like, look like trained to look for um, right. certain signs and you know, that's where rattlesnakes live in those places. Uh, 
cadaver dogs even have been through the mm-hmm. course. Um, but a lot of it, it's just all types of dogs. And the course is really tailored to each one of the dogs. You know, there's dogs that have been abused. There's dogs, you know, like dogs that have grown up, like just hanging out and having an awesome life. There's aggressive dogs. You know, it's, you can really train any dog. Um, but the ones that use their nose seem to be the best at it. Yeah. So your pointers and your like, actually docs, like dachshunds, the little doxies. Really? Oh, I believe that. So good at it, man. I believe that 100%, man. Them little hunting dogs. Donovan to use. Donovan's not a wiener dog. Yes, he is. He's not a dachshund. He's at least part dachshund. No, he's not. He's a, (laughs) dude, he's a teacup chihuahua. There's some dachshund in there somewhere. It's not, he's not even close to a dachshund. Last weekend, I actually He's trained wrong. a teacup uh, chihuahua. No and, way. Yeah. And oh my um, God. I between the um, the stations, so there's three stations that are um, uh, designed to get the dog's senses involved, scent, sound, mm-hmm. um, sight, you know. Um, and I actually had to pick up the little chihuahua and bring it, <laughs> like bring it with me because I didn't want to walk to like 20 yeah. feet between the. So I was yeah. like, all right, here we go. <laughs> This is going to be a long, yeah, that's long, yeah. Exactly but it worked. It got it at, in the end, you know, it, that's it awesome. No. And I believe, see, and I could see that for a small dog like that. Cause like a big old rattlesnake could eat that dog. Like yeah. it, it's oh, my, it's my mom's dog. And I mean, it's, it's tiny, you know, sacrifice himself for the a, good. a big cane break or diamond bat could or easily hawk. eat the, yeah. Or hawk I'm that, I mean, that's just nothing you could do, but oh yeah, I absolutely would too. I'm not worried about Dude. a snake eating him. I'm saying, like, theoretically, it could. Isn't that why you guys don't leave him outside for longer than like five or ten minutes? Because you're I afraid mean, of Yeah, we watch. Him. Yeah, we watch him, man. My mom back in the day, my mom actually had an owl swoop down on our little dog, an actual dachshund. Oh wow! Yeah, it was wild. Jesus. I've always had big dogs that are kind of fun. You know, you can hike with and stuff like. That. Yeah, no, I yeah. Is that, I mean, you get a lot of people that, that are just outdoorsy folks that want to get the training done because they're just out and about all the time. Yeah. A lot of hunters, a lot Mm -hmm. of hunters because they're always in the field. Um, A lot of outdoorsy people, a lot of hikers, stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Anybody that spends a lot of time outside, even, you know, people that don't because rattlesnakes end up in the most random places, you know, you know, like they're everywhere. That's, um, I'm glad they're so prolific. Otherwise, all the people that kill them for no reason, you know, we wouldn't have any left, you know, but they're yeah, they're, they're everywhere. And I, I love that about them. I've, <laughs> I've called them the squirrels of, of the West because totally. they're just, they're freaking everywhere, man. Like yeah. you see pictures of these guys that do the removals and stuff and they lift up, you know, sheds and whatnot that have been there for years. There's just a freaking mountain of them. Just, yep. just it's like, God. Some of the photos of the rattlesnake dens and stuff like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's amazing to see that. Yeah. Yeah. No, man. When I was in when I was in Texas, that's we found more Western Diamondbacks than anything else. <laughs> like by far is desert it, squirrels. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I found we, a lot of Diamondback water snakes, but cool. I like the Nerodia. Yeah. Uh, no, we have that. a little bit of Atrox down south in um, Nevada. But not a lot. Mostly Great Basins. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Great Basins, um, speckled, Southwest Speckled, Panaman, uh, Atrox, and Mojaves. Nice. That's what we've got in, uh, in Nevada. But I, I do like the Atrox. I like. One, there's an Atrox in the class that we use, and it is. 
like the rattle's super long and it's just yeah. like now do you i guess that's animal. that's kind of a, one of the questions that i was going to get into but like yeah when you're training them are you using non-venomous stuff venomous stuff and then like different species of both because i mean surely they to dogs obviously they're going to have a different scent i mean to us we're not yeah. going to notice but um like do you train them to detect non-venomous stuff just as much as they do venomous or is it mostly just rattlesnakes that you're trying to get them to so the purpose of the class is to avoid rattlesnakes okay uh, yeah that's that's the main and sole focus of the class um, some mm -hmm. dogs will take it upon themselves to like um you know will like if they see a gopher snake or something they'll alert to it but um we actually have a pacific gopher um, that we take around with us and um a lot of dogs just pay it no mind even right after being out of the class you know the scent is so different that mm -hmm. um, it just doesn't go on the radar you know they'll walk right by it mm -hmm. you know sometimes it'll scare a dog just because it's a you know a decent sized snake in the grass but other than that it's based right on uh, rattlesnakes yeah mm -hmm. And but do you do a, the different species of rattlesnake within that? Yeah. Yep. Um, so in Nevada, you can only own um, venomous reptiles that are native to the state, except mm -hmm. lizards, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, actually, you can have uh, beetle lizards as well. But um, yeah, so the rattlesnakes um, you can have are those ones I listed before. So the way to get around that is having friends who keep venomous that can give you sheds. So uh, Norpax and... Uh, Southern Pacifics are the other um, two in the area that are, um, you know, frequently seen in this general area. Mm -hmm. So uh, we use into a little of the training and how it works too. If you kind of like me to give you a play by. Oh yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah. Okay, um, I just don't know how like what you could disclose or not disclose. I don't know if well, like trade um, secrets. Yeah, no, I talked to John yesterday and he's like, um, you know, make sure they get the point, but don't give us the little thing. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you guys uh, get a lot of people from like out of state doing it? Oh yeah. We were in um wow. Grass Valley, which is um just west of Reno, um, sort of near Lake Tahoe. And there's mm -hmm. people driving, I think they drove twelve hours to get there. Oh wow. wow. Yeah, it's um the reputation of the class is pretty pretty darn good. But so what happens is the dog comes in. Um, I'm I'm mostly a dog walker. Sometimes I'm a snake handler, but you know I'm a snake handler in training. You know, um, I'm an apprentice there too. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I'll get the the dog collared up and um, leashed up, and we use e collars. So we get an e collar right kind of this side of the neck. Um, if you put them on the lower part of the neck, um, when you give them a correction, it it can close all the airways and stuff like that, and that causes oh. a panic. You don't want to panic the dog. You want the dog mm -hmm. to understand that this is bad. Um, so we start really low on the collar. Those little dogs just get a buzz. So it just literally like, and it like freaks them out, you know, enough mm -hmm. to make the training work. But we go to three stations. The first station is a visual station. Um, there's a rattlesnake right out in the open. I pretend like I'm the dumb dog walker. So I'm just kind of walking doo -doo -doo down the path and, um, near the rattlesnake, especially if it's Mojave, it starts rattling. It does the whole thing. Um, the dog, generally speaking, is you know, wants to see what's up. So it goes right in um, and then it gets a correction and we turn around and walk away. So, you know, that is enough to start the ball rolling. And from there we go to, um, uh, we call that proximity. And then we go to a cage rattlesnake um, hidden and kind of walk around that. And as soon as the nose gets involved and they want to see what that is again, when, mm -hmm. once they get the scent, that's another correction. So then they get, oh, yeah, so sight, sound, I can see it, I know what it is, 
we move the snake around so they know that these things move. They don't just sit still. <laughs> and okay, now I smell it. Okay, cool. So both of those things are bad. And then the last part is a hole, a fake hole that we've made. And you take the uh, dog to the hole. What is the dog? You know, there's a hole. What is the dog? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes to there. And that's the third correction. And after that, the dog's pretty much got it. You know, it takes 15 to 20 minutes. Like those people that drove 12 hours are like, wait, that's it? You know, <laughs> right. I drove like 12 hours of beer and it took mm-hmm. 15 minutes. You're like, hey, you have a really good dog. Learn quick. But um, right. it's super simple. Um, and the snakes, um, you know, they don't get too stressed out and stuff like that. We rotate snakes all day, uh, keep them in the shade and all that. Mm-hmm. There's a person with the snakes all day, like they're never, you know, left alone. And then um, John and Tessa are running the uh, remote controls for the e-collars. So I'm the, walking the dogs through the course. And once they get that correction, I'm turning them around and, you know, let's go see something else. We'll go check it out again. And at the end, they just, they want nothing to do with it. You know, we'll put their mm-hmm. owner or literally their owner on the other side of the snake, have them call it. And the dog will go around me, like 30 feet away, like around a tree. <laughs> To get back to the owner you know and that's when you know it's really worked because mm-hmm. what does a dog want to do go straight line right back to the then do you guys do any uh like education to the to the as far as like snake education to the people bringing the dogs yeah totally uh, you know first and foremost we're pretty much advocates for the snakes you know we're there because snakes when they're avoided they don't get killed so we do a lot of education that's why we have that southern pacific or the what is it the gopher snake, the, um, yeah, I forgot what that is. I just said earlier, but, um, that's why we have the gopher snake, you know, let kids hold the gopher snake and stuff like that. And then some of the closer shows to Reno, um, bring a bunch of native snakes and somebody actually sits at a booth all day and answers questions. Gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, it shows everybody like the different types rattlesnakes. This is a gopher snake, not a rattlesnake. You know? mm-hmm. Absolutely. No reason to kill any snake, but especially not this gopher snake, you know? Right. Yeah, I can see. I mean, we've talked about that in the past where like some of those pituovas do look a hell of a lot like some of the rattlesnakes and stuff. So I can see yeah, why no, they kill them because there's like pattern wise, there's a very similar. Very similar. And they have a very similar posture as well. Pituovas yeah. stand yeah. up exactly like a rattlesnake <laughs> does. You know, they get that big, you know, that posture. S kind of thing. And, and they make a lot of noise and they're rattling their tail, you yeah, know. And that's the thing. They rattle and then they hiss. And if you keep Pituovas, yep. you know, their hiss sounds somewhat like a rattle. Totally. So if you yeah. don't know snakes, absolutely. I totally understand why people think of Pituofas where you have, you know, Western Diamondbacks and whatnot. That's. Yeah, it makes complete sense. You know, especially that, they, they'll flatten out their heads and make that perfect yeah. little diamond too that everybody likes to, to call. Like you know? Make that big head, and then yep. they've got those dark saddles on the back. It just looks a lot like a rattlesnake. And do yeah, you find if you're using the pituophis, do the dogs still avoid that one at least a little bit if it starts making any of the noise and doing any posturing? Oh, un- well, fortunately and unfortunately, the it's you know the snake's ten years old and it's. It no. doesn't make you know it, it just yeah it doesn't make the noises anymore you know it's it's great for kids to hold you know yeah. <laughs> but um the it's long it's a big snake so when it, it's going through the mm-hmm. grass um some dogs will react to that um but the scent they don't because it's just so different right hmm. it's it's fun to see the dogs i love dogs you know i've had dogs my whole life i love snakes it's cool to be able to work with both of them someday. yeah 
Do you ever have any though that when you're walking them they're and you're trying to sort of build that association that they're just so curious that they're like pulling you to go check out what it is that it's Oh yeah. Yeah. Um especially like a big like a Great Pyrenees or there was a Newfoundland mixed with some other giant dog and like it was like up here like past my waist huge dog wanted to see everything but the way we put the e collars on you get it really tight into the Mm-hmm. into the fur um it makes a good connection and you don't have to use a lot of stimulus just a little bit of the fuzz and it turns them right around you know uh, also the snakes that we use have been um they went through a ductectomy so they're i think you call them venomoids or something like yeah, that. yeah. So, okay. um and that was done by like a a real vet you know yeah. not <laughs> not <laughs> not a um, saw not basement kind of set up not this YouTube stuff that's going on with people doing that, but um, yeah, and those snakes are, you know, so they still have the scent of the venom, they sell their fangs, they still act like rattlesnakes, they're not muzzled, so they don't, you know, they don't sit there like a, like a dead snake, you know, and they act just like rattlesnakes, and mm-hmm. it's really, so you can get pretty close to them, you know, and they, they test the, the snake's venom all the time with a, mm-hmm. a, live, with a live mouse. If it does something, it, it, it hasn't done anything in 20 years. So it, it works. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, what I've seen for some reason, there was either pictures or video I saw of like people doing something similar and it wasn't y'all, but they were like pinning the rattlesnakes and then they were using electrical tape to oh, like man. keep the mouth closed. I'm like, that seems like a lot of work to go through oh, man. to um, avoid no. getting bit. Talk about dangerous. I mean, yeah. wow. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people that do it not so well, um, including like using dead snakes. Um, you know, there's a, a person that teaches positive um, dog training kind of stuff, and, which works great for like here and come and all that kind of stuff and sit. But they've got a picture of a, a, a dead rattlesnake that they use. So it's, it's okay to have a kill a rattlesnake, but mm. you can't tell a dog no, you know, <laughs> like stuff like that's a little goofy. Um, but yeah, we use real rattlesnakes. They uh, they go through the surgery. They're, John looks at the snake for six months, make sure it's eating frozen thaw before he even like thinks about doing the surgery. And these things are still living 20, 30 years. It's real. They have some really old snakes that went through the surgery, mm-hmm. doing just fine. So way less stressful, way safer. You're not defanging something and hurting it for no reason, you know. Do you find that there's certain breeds that seem to pick up on it faster than others? Oh, yeah. Hunting breeds. Anything that's a pointer gets right in. You know, the class was first invented for um, uh, German Shorthair Pointer Club. So a club oh. wanted to do this, uh, this class. And um, they they figured out how to do it. And that was 20 years ago. And they've been rolling since. But, uh, yeah, anything hunting dog, anything curious, anything that really uses its nose, um, I mean, we had a French bulldog go through, you know, and it, it was just like, and we don't point out the snake. So if you point something out, the dog thinks it's okay to go and check it out. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it can get kind of frustrating where you're like, I'm just the dumb dog owner. I got to walk by this thing about a hundred times before the dog like, oh, wait, there's, there's a snake that I should, you know, I want to yeah. go check that out, you know? <laughs> but yeah, those pointers can be super fun. It's like 10 minutes. And um, which breeds are the worst? 
oh boy, those little guys, the, the chihuahuas. And really? The, oh, yeah. Just because they don't act like dogs, you know, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're just something different almost. Our, la our lab is pretty good with it. Oh, yeah. Big time. Labs, shepherds. Shepherds are different. So shepherds have this thing somewhere deep down inside that sometimes they want to challenge. Um, so they'll look at the snake, take a correction. You'll go, you'll walk by it again. They'll see it again. They'll take another one. They're really hard-headed. And then some of them go into this challenge mode where they want to bark. They want to stay still, bark, and, you know, like, come get me kind of a thing. So it's a German shepherd thing. Does that include yeah. like Malinois? Yeah, all of those. Um, Dutch Shepherds, which are really neat dogs. I never met one until last week. Kind of like a smaller German Shepherd, kind of like a Malinois with really short, um, mm -hmm. really short coat. Really cool dog. But uh, yeah. I got a buddy that has a Malinois, and that is probably the smartest dog I've ever seen in my in my life. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Like once they get it, they get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, especially puppies um, are going to take another class. Um, it's recommended that all dogs go through the class again um, just to reinforce um, the next year, but um, puppies especially. And then shepherds, like, they'll go through it once and just be, you'll reinforce them. So we'll run the course backwards to make it hard for the dog if they're, uh, like, a retrain. And mm -hmm. the shepherds instantly are just like, I'm not even going over there. You know, they'll, they'll smell yeah. something. They smell something from twenty yards away and head the other way. They're like, I'm holding on to them, like trying to get them back to their owner. Like, yeah, I think they remember it. Yeah, yeah. but it's it's fun. It's just fun seeing the different reactions. I, I really enjoy being with those people, training those dogs. And do you do you get a lot of younger dogs versus older dogs, or is it primarily? Spectrum. <clears throat> yeah, you know, younger to old. Um, 14, 15 year old dogs last weekend um, oh, wow. to four to six month old puppies, you know, <laughs> all in one weekend. So how do you deal with something that's super hyper, you know, like say like, you know, a, Jack Russell. Yeah. Or I, I was thinking more like a boxer in the right. one year old range, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, those things or a puppy be Labrador or something like that. Right. How do you, um, how do you deal with something like that? They actually do the best because they want, they want to go with me. First off, I'm taking a dog from their owner, right? They don't know me. I'm just like, hey, let's go for a walk. Come on. <laughs> you know, you're, you're with me now. Um, but the hyperactive dogs do the best because they want to see what's going on. So yeah. anything that's interested, like it's not like a normal training where you're like keeping their focus for all these times. You want to um, limit the amount of actual training you have to do, the amount of correction. You do. So right. these right. super energetic dogs do great because they want to like, what's that? What's that? What's that? You know, let's go down here. The sure. ones yeah. Faster. Yeah, yeah, they right. learn super quick. Um, Jack Russell's do really well. We've had a few of them, and you know that's a 10, 15 minute dog for the course. That, that doesn't take much time at all. Yeah, that but, lines up though, because Jack Russells are another small hunting dog, you know, yep. from from back ratters. Yep, similar to dachshunds. <laughs> Jack Russells will get up and Jack Russells will get up in trees, man. They're crazy. I read a book about this um, South African hunter that had a Jack Russell, and they were like um, in the bushveld kind of thing, and. It went after a, a leopard. You know, the, oh, the Jack Russell went after a leopard. I believe it, man. We used, to, <laughs> got some balls. we used to have a Jack Russell when I was younger, and God, the dog was crazy. They're awesome. It was a dick. Yeah, I like terriers. They uh, they got a mind of their own sometimes. 
There was a video floating around for a while of this this small some sort of terrier, and it was in Australia. And I guess these people had like a. I think it was a smaller, maybe not a smaller, but some sort of freshwater crocodile, I believe is what it was. And they'd have videos on multiple days of this little dog going and like chasing this, this croc away. Oh, crap. And then there was one day where it happened. So it would go up behind it, I guess, like nip at the tail and the croc would take off. But mm. because of their field of vision, like the croc's probably not going to see that. So it just assumes something's coming for it and takes right. off. The last video of the series was this little dog going up by the side Oh, geez. <laughs> within the field of vision and of oh, course no. that croc whipped around and grabbed that dog and took off with it and the people were like freaking out and it's like what did you expect was going to happen <laughs> like, the other times they were laughing because it would walk it would bark and it yeah. would run up and nip and then the croc would take off and they'd be like look at how tough he is and then that last video they were like oh not so tough anymore yeah Great. and i felt bad for him because it was you know yeah, somebody's dog. It was but, funny at first, but then it was like, okay, that's yeah. But that's you also keep your freaking dog in the fence, yeah. dude. Like, that's I mean, totally. that's your own fault. Like, I blame the owners more than the dog. Oh, 100%. you know, like Jesus. We've had people die here in South Carolina because yeah. a gator came and grabbed their dog just on what Hilton Head. Yeah, Hilton like, Head. Two years ago, a lady was walking her dog. Alligator came up and grabbed her dog, and she got killed going in trying to get the dog from mm-hmm. the gator. It happens fairly like, <laughs> within a decade. It happens every couple times. every couple yeah. years, man. And it's I don't know if people just get complacent with it. Um, my dad yeah. lives in uh, Jacksonville, so I see the gators and stuff down there. They're everywhere, right? Yeah, I don't know if you just get complacent with something you're seeing every day, and then you're like, ah, it's no big deal, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. these people golf with these things half the time. Yeah, you know, like, they're just they know laying they're around, you know? Yeah. Like, and I tell Especially people that all the time, water. like out of towners, yeah. yeah. I'm like, if it's a fresh body of water, assume there's a gator in it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's big or small, there's probably one in there. Yep. I like there to see them. I think yeah, yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> and even then there was a video that was on Instagram the other day of not a very big gator going and grabbing like an adult possum and pulling it in. Like oh wow. It wasn't you saw did you see that? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big gator. It still had stripes and stuff. It doesn't like, have to be came right up, chased that possum out of the water. Like, the possum was on the bank. Gator came rolling up, grabbed it, and took it back. Like, just could have easily have done that with someone's dog, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear them bellow when they make yeah. that noise. Yeah. Um, there's a little swamp by my dad's house. Just, oh, it's so cool. <laughs> it's awesome. You feel it in your, like, chest, you know? Right. I've never seen it in the wild. I saw it when I went to the alligator farm one oh. year and they had a bunch of bulls doing it at the same time. And I thought they were like mowing or something. Cause that's what it sounded like <laughs> yeah. until I walked in and saw the, you know, the giant pit in the main center area and yeah. just a bunch of males just going for it, man. It was so yeah. cool. I've only seen, I've heard one kind of, I've only heard one like actually bellow and it was like, it had its head like straight up in the air, like kind of standing up. It was crazy. And that that was not. I'm pretty sure I've told that story on on here before. But yeah, that that was insane. And then I've heard him like growl because I got a little too close. Yeah. yeah. You know, so not exactly bellow, but it's still kind of the. That's something everyone that's into herp should see at yeah. some point in their life because it's like it's you see that and you're like that's an effing dinosaur. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, there's nothing more ancestral and like prehistoric than than that. I mean, have you seen a wood stork though? those are prehistoric they look like yeah. pterodactyls <laughs> like i'm just saying 
But have you seen the crocodiles? Have you seen? In I haven't seen it. No, not in the uh, no, not, not in the wild. But I'd love to see one of those. Yeah, I'm gonna have cool. to try to do that. I know there's like a touristy spot where you can go and pretty much see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what they you can only see American crocodiles in South Florida, right? I th- yeah. think so. Yeah. I think there's been a couple documented times where they've seen them higher up, but yeah, it's and then really there's a big frost, and yeah, they, like get killed off or. Something like that. Freaking Florida, man. Freaking Florida. Florida. Yeah. Florida's wild. Yeah. Fun to visit. That's about it. Yep. So the the big question is, A, have you had people do the training for herping? Mm, Yeah. Why aren't people doing it for herping if if not? Um, Never in my experience has that happened. But like I said, I just started. You know, I've only seen probably... I just started and I've already seen like 350, 400 dogs. You know, it's pretty wild. But, um, uh, and John hasn't brought that up. I'm sure he, he would have brought that up. But uh, I think it's a great idea. I think we should because they're very capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this class is based on avoidance. So you would have to kind of um, rethink how you would train to do that um, instead of, you know, maybe avoid the rattlesnakes, but reward for the gophers or the king snakes or whatever, you know, that scent. But, uh, I think it should happen. How cool would that be to have yeah, your dog, yeah. you know, point out, you know, especially like a pointer or something, just in that classic pointer pose, you go over and there's like a king snake yeah. bush or something like that. How cool. Because anytime yeah, I walk awesome. my dog in the mornings, he is like, no, he's, he's a pit mix of some sort, but he is, yeah. that nose is in full, nice. full effect in the mornings when we're walking around. And sometimes he gets curious and he'll like pull me in one direction towards something he wants to, yeah. to check out. And I'm like, man, if I could just get you to, to smell snakes, corals yeah. or something, yeah, I'd be like, that'd be awesome. See, this is even more reason to get into some venomous stuff. We can train Archie to stay away from venomous or at least like, you know, act, act like act a certain way around venomous and then to go towards the non-venomous. My yeah, uh, yeah, it we, seems we like got would, enough locals. It seems like it would be harder to tr- like train them via reward to seek these things out than to yeah. avoid them. Totally, yeah. um, that would take a lot more than fifteen minutes. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, and that's uh, a lot of people ask why don't we um, train the dogs stuff like that um, when they do find the rattlesnake. But just for that, it would take the different time. But some dogs naturally do that. They'll you know, come back and bark and circle and stuff like that after mm. the class. But it would be a little something different to be like, yeah, give me that. Let's go find king. You know, like hold a king snake shed. For, let's get king right. snakes. You know, we're looking for gophers today. That'd be yeah. maybe I should try it. My uh, golden, he is nuts for lizards, so he was mm. a good candidate for the training because he will stick his nose in bushes, under rocks, he'll like flip stuff over. You know. I'm always like going after him and putting things back, but <laughs> he'll he'll find uh, lizards and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Uh, mostly, you know, your little flowers, but nice. sometimes some whiptails or some skanks. I just but, figured yeah. the avoidance training would work well, you know, just as well, just because they can then tell you like something's in the area, like something's nearby, oh, yeah. and you can kind of look around for it. Is kind of the. Yeah. I was kind yeah. of imagining like the classic like pointing kind of a thing like yeah that would that would that would be cool that would be yeah that would be really (laughs) rad (laughs) but yeah it would work you know actually um so if you used king snakes and gopher snakes and liars and all that good stuff that we have around here 
um, the sheds and stuff like that, it would it would work. They would alert to those scents as well. And um, mm. you know, I don't know how many things quote unquote a dog can remember. You know, right. um, like, but I know like the rattlesnakes at least they they definitely remember to the next year and just mm-hmm. refresher. And some dogs do it once and they've got it for life. But um, right, yeah, I guess so. Like you know, that gets gets all weird around a bush and you know to go over there and look mm-hmm. you know because cool. i mean we've been out running around like herping the woods behind my parents house and usually archie's with us and he i usually he doesn't go far so i don't really keep him on a leash when we're out and about like that because he never takes off and runs you know he doesn't disappear he's he stays within you know 30 feet or so of us at all times nice. and, I was like, he'd be free. Like, that's what I think about every time we're out looking around and he's with us. I'm like, if we can only teach him to, to find this shit, <laughs> yeah. it would make life so much easier. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, the more I thought about it, especially with what y'all are doing, it's like, how come that hasn't become a thing where people are like, it should be it really training their dogs to, because f- anytime I've had something loose in the house too, like we have a cat. Oh, okay. And I'm always like, if something's loose, I'm constantly watching Hector because I know. Right. He's probably going to find it before I will. And the trick yeah. then is making sure that I get to it before he does. <laughs> before he gets to it. And there's been times where I had baby corns loose or something. It was like last year. And he was like really hyper-focused on something that was in like our, uh, in front of our hamper. It was some old sheets or something that we were changing. Yeah. And I was like, I'll bet you that's what it is. And so sure enough, lift it up. And there's the baby corn that had been loose for like two days. And I'm like... We should get Hector on a leash too and have him just, you know. That's funny. I had a cat when I was growing up. His name was Bubbles. Um, <laughs> he, he was a like a little barn cat, and he turned into like a twenty pound beast. But he would follow Jesus. me. Yeah, he would follow me everywhere. Like it's kind of like this shadow I had when I was growing up. Yeah. I wouldn't never keep a cat outdoors. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, we do, we do not we do not promote outside house no, cats. No way. That's the worst people get upset about you know all sorts of things like invasive species letting their cats outside <laughs> come on dude i make people feel so bad like legit <laughs> like when people get on me about it you know i'll complain about a house cat being outside and you know i don't make a big deal about it you know right then and there and they're like well what's the big deal this and that and i tell them why it's a big deal then they're like Oh. Looking at me like I'm the jerk, and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. It's just because, like, then they, they just like feel bad because they feel dumb, and they, you know, <laughs> well, he's already outside, so I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm not telling you you have to bring your cat in. I'm just telling you why it's bad. Yeah, you should bring your cat in, but you know, it goes whatever. with research. We should all research more before we get things. Yeah, exactly. I've picked stuff up off the table before for sure, not knowing what the heck I was getting into, but <laughs> <laughs> I think no. we all have. But uh, oh yeah. Man, I wish a lot of people the song just the songbirds alone they get decimated. Mm-hmm. I like seeing all the birds too when I'm herping, mm-hmm. getting out, seeing all the animals, and then I've seen, especially in Jacksonville, I've seen multiple times where you know cats have like black racers in their mouth or songbirds. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So we also wanted to get into. You mentioned you're doing some electrical work. Yeah. Um, I know you had done a post in the either the the THN group or the Snakes and yep. Stogies group about defective, like heat panels or uh, heat tape. Yeah. Yep. So what's what were you so looking to do with that? In um, 
in my day job, I'm an apprentice electrician. So I'm, I'm really interested in all of the electrical stuff. And I look at our herp rooms as big time hazards. You know, we've got wires going everywhere. Even if you're really um, consistent and neat about the way you do things, you still got a big electrical hazard. So my thoughts were get some defected products and test them and see if um, we can develop uh, kind of our own like reptile electrical code. You know, we, so we have the NEC, the National Electrical Code, but um, we should have a reptile electrical code to keep our rooms safe. And um, so I've just been uh, testing different products to see what we already have um, and the practices that we already have for keeping places like hospitals and damp locations safe, if that kind of goes over to our reptile rooms. And some of it um, has, you know, some of the simple stuff like adding drip loops to all of your wires. So all that is, is um, just a loop. It just, you know, a loop underneath your wire. So if water ever got onto the wire, it would drip off of it before it got to the socket. So simple procedures like that oh. could really save our animals and our houses and our homes and ourselves when it comes down to it. So I've just been testing different things. The drip loop has come in. Um, also GFCI protection and arc fault protection. Um, so an arc fault um, circuit uh, actually listens to the harmonics of what's going on in the circuit. And if anything's off, it will trip the breaker. Um, so it'll, it'll shut off power to that um, those plugs. And then your GFCI like you have in your bathroom. So, mm -hmm. you know, it monitors the, the ground to see if there's a fault in the ground. So simple things like that, I think we should all be doing to keep ourselves and our reptiles and our home safe. So, yeah, uh, I mean, all too often we're seeing pictures and and GoFundmes about someone who who yeah. lost you know their entire yeah. room or if not yeah. their entire house to to an electrical fire like that. And I know that's my biggest fear that's my with, biggest with pretty fear. much everything. Biggest also, because I think it's the most realistic, like it's the mm -hmm. most likely to happen out of mm -hmm. anything. Yep. Um, and I I often wonder because I'm my room doesn't have a ton of outlets, but they're all pretty much maxed out. Yeah. And, that's I'm always looking too. at it going, yep. you know, I know some of these things are pretty low wattage, but it's like, it's got to add up. I would think I've done something. Um, so every thermostat that I have, I've got, I don't know, I would say, let's just say 20 thermostats in my room. Every time a thermostat goes on, I have an indicator light that also lights up or a fan that goes on. So I, I can kind of gauge how much power my room is actually using by a light that a little light bulb that comes on when um, and it's just a little LED light um, that comes on um, when the thermostat's on. So they're they're really not on a lot, but if they're all on at once, that adds up quite a bit, and that mm -hmm. really could blow us, uh, you know, blow your circuit and all this kind of stuff. So it, it's important to know mm -hmm. how much can your room handle. Am I overloading that? More than likely, the answer is yes. We're overloading our rooms. Um, and just simple ways that we can keep that safer. Like maybe your room needs two circuit breakers instead of one. Maybe it needs a 20 amp instead of a 15 amp. Maybe um, just seeing some relatively simple things that um, an electrician can fix in an afternoon can make a room much safer. Hmm. Uh, like my breaker box is in my snake room. So oh, really? Okay. It only makes it worse or if it's better <laughs> that way. Yeah. Um, well, code says there needs to be three feet of workable space in front of that. So it, if there's not three feet of space in front of that, but otherwise it's fine. Yeah. No comment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so stuff like that. Um, like it's not blocked or anything. You can still get right. to it yeah, and open the thing all the way. You know, yeah. I can still get to it when I move this rack. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, stuff like that. Um, in the long run, we're kind of in this weird position where there's a big group of people that don't really like what we do. And if you look at organizations like, you know, doctors and things like that, they regulate themselves. They create their own set of rules. So if we had something to at least fall back on with our electrical safety, maybe that in the long run might be able to help us in some way, making our own regulations and rules up, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that would help in the long run, but, you know, I think we need that, that little bit of uh, safety for that, that aspect as well. Yeah, no, it's definitely something more and more people need to think about. I think for luck, I think luckily for guys like us who don't have huge collections. Yeah, I don't. I've looked into you know how much your average outlet can you know handle as far as wattage goes, and luckily heat tape doesn't put out too yeah. too much. You know, it's, it's relatively slow. So if you have a smaller end collection, you know, as far as overloading your you know your outlets as long as you have a surge protector and all that you know garbage you know you're normally for the most part you're pretty okay um it, i would i would worry more with running a lot of heat tape i almost worry about heat tape malfunctions more than yes anything so else that's the biggest thing and that's why i want to um test some of these devices uh to right. see if they'll trip those arc fault or those gfcis if the heat tape is connected to that right. um so I, I'm, I built a little fake wall. So I have a little drywalled corner and I've got mm. some uh, plugs installed in a, a little breaker box on one side. So I'm just uh, waiting to get some, you know, messed up equipment to put that in there and just see what happens. You know, mm. if, if I plug on um, some heat tape that's malfunctioned and it trips the breaker or the, um, the GFCI or the FCI, man, we should have all of our stuff on that because that would save our right. collections, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And the two things that I've really found so far, because they've been easy to test, are the drip loop. Uh, super simple. You just put a little loop underneath your, in the cord underneath your plug. And um, I use hospital grade um, receptacles in my room, um, duplex receptacles. So you're just normal wall plugs. They're hospital grade, um, which means that the, the force it takes to plug in and pull out is a lot greater than your normal. So they don't come out of the wall. They're like gripped into the wall or plugged. Mm -hmm. And I put the grounding um, little part, the little round part on the end upside down. Because if you had a piece of paper or something or a little piece of substrate fall in between the plug and the wall and it connected the positive to the neutral, you can Ooh. potentially start a fire there. So by having the receptacle turned upside down and the code book has nothing, it's there's nothing on it which way this has to go. So it does, it's not a safety concern. Um, if something were to fall in there, it would hit the ground first and just fall off instead of- I never even a, thought about that. Yeah, instead of making a connection between between those two blades on the plug, it would hit the ground first and fall off. So those two simple things, um, I've come to the conclusion like just so far, I'm, I'm sure there's gonna be more stuff, especially when I get some messed up equipment to test. Um, but those two things are super simple, hospital grade stuff flip it upside down and a drip loop. I'm pretty confident that can save a lot of uh, collections. Yeah, it's scary too, man. There was a point in time where I walked in my room and I saw something 
burning. Oh man, that's so and scary. I, I started looking at racks, and sure enough, it was one that the probe had fallen out of place, and so the mm-hmm. it hadn't caught fire or anything like that. But things were looked burned, yep. and it Jeez. was like, dude, I probably dodged a major bullet with that, and I'm yeah. glad I caught it. When the snake, it was one of the, it was a little male hognose I had too. It was that same tub, mm. and I was like, he was fine, but I was like. Damn, like that whole rack got that could have been bad. Hot. Yeah, that could have been you really can smell bad. Plastic. It is hot. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, for sure. Yeah, but that's that's all why you don't want to skimp on thermostats or replacing your heat tape. I feel a lot of I feel like a lot of people buy a brand new rack and forget about it. Like there's upkeep that you need to do with these yeah. racks. You know, replace your heat tape, dust them. Dust, dust your stuff, huge. dust the inside of your racks. That's a huge thing. Does build up, causes fires all the time. Check the tape on your, you know, thermostat probe. Mm-hmm. Simple stuff like that. Yep. But that's why I like backheat so much, is because you don't have that time yeah. going. Right. Even if it's got the yep. groove and stuff, I like backheat because I don't have to worry about that sawing Saw. motion over, you know, however many years and hundreds, thousands of times you're sliding something in and out. Well, because that's my thing, though. It's like even through all that, I would even without it, I would almost recommend replacing your heat tape every three years or so, Mm -hmm. three to five max, you know. I I wouldn't go past three. You got that right. Yeah, I I was. Yeah. And inspect it. A simple inspection can catch a lot, you know. Yeah. Spend time in your herp room, you know. (laughs) That's why I like caging. I'm I'm moving towards caging. Um, Oh, yeah. I, I just started, you know purchasing snakes during uh, COVID really. So I haven't had them for long. Um, you know, I've been the electrician trade. You, you're all over the place all the time. But I'm finally in a place where I can have a bunch of animals and be home every night. But uh, yeah, so I'm keeping in tubs now, but I've got a whole uh, pallet full of half inch white PVC in the garage. And so I'm going to start making. <laughs> nice. What do you have you done any research in terms of what the most common causes for these fires in people's rooms? I haven't done that. No, I, what just stuff I've heard over the years. It's usually been malfunctioning heat tape, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that's what I've heard more consistently over you know however many years I've been interested in snakes, which is my whole life. You know, mm-hmm. I kept when I was uh, younger and then college and stuff, but you know, it's that messed up heat tape. You know, we just set it and forget it when we should really be inspecting. Mm. I wish there was a safer way to heat as efficiently, you know, because there's stuff like <laughs> there's stuff like heat rope, but I think it sucks, you know, like it does not it normally really doesn't do well. You have to use a lot of it to really, you know, yeah, that's what I have in that, that camber rack. Yeah, I and mean, it, it's I got like 50 feet of it and it works kind of, but it's one of those things yeah. where I definitely have to like crank it to I probably have to set it to like upper 90s to get it to you know the mid 80s on the hot end right yeah, to get through that hollow core pvc and stuff and i just wasn't that hollow doing core the- is garbage it sucks yeah like you, you no. gotta get the high density stuff is what i found i i i regret that rack but i also don't because <laughs> it like it is nice it's got the camber tubs but that hollow core stuff and the whole I got it secondhand, and the heating tape in that thing was so old. That's the one thing you say about it every time you bring it up. It's got the Cambro tubs. Yeah, it's got Cambro the Cambro tubs. tubs. Awesome. That's the only thing good about this rack. But that hollow core stuff is rough. Another, 
another big reason why I'm breeding the skinks is liar snakes. And <laughs> I want to get some liar snakes and I want to keep them Cambro racks because the big Cambro, because they're so, they're actually really arboreal. Mm -hmm. And just to have that liar, that like Western US Boyega like kind of thing going sure. on, like that would be cool. Those Hell yeah. Cambros with nice lighting and that crystal clear mm -hmm. front of that. that yeah, and I mean it's worked out because I don't even have that hooked up to heat anymore, and I'd have oh, really? and Boyga in it, and they're at whatever the room is. Yeah, it's just plenty warm, and they've been doing fine. So I don't know. It's it it does the job. It's um, I after that tape incident with with mine, it made me much more paranoid about how I'm attaching the probes and stuff and making sure they're much more oh, secure yeah. than just putting them in the little slot with some HVAC tape over it to hold it in place because that, <laughs> that tape is great and all until it gets hot and comes loose and then, you know, the glue part or the stickiness of it sort of loosens up and mm. it curls yeah. and yeah. yeah. I use a mechanical fastener. I use a screw to, to hold my probe. Is that like the plastic clips? Yeah, a yeah. clip and a screw. Yep, keeps it in place. You can get those real thin ones, so you're not um, wrecking the bottom of tubs or anything like that. So hmm. That's how I do that. Yeah, I think though, talking about efficiency, uh, oil-filled heater is more is pretty much the most efficient way you can heat a room. Um, that's, that's exactly what I use. Yep, unless you want to buy a mini split, which is a mini AC and a mini heater in one. That's a whole bunch of duct money and stuff like that. But yeah. more, you know or oil-filled space heaters. And, oh, that's another thing. Where we put those, but not putting them on carpet, you know, putting them on solid surfaces. I've got one and I've got carpet in my herp room. So I built um, a box with tile. So I have like a kind of like a movable tile floor. It's like two by two and the heater sits on top of that. So there's no contact um, of carpet and the heater. It's got tile between them. So that's another way I keep my room safe. Yeah, because you... Like Jake uses those in the winter, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and those are fairly fairly safe. Oh yeah, in They're comparison to other options, mm -hmm. hmm. like those ones, the fans and stuff like that, like the little ones. They're all right; they work, but I wouldn't leave one on and leave. You know, mm. I, I would be worried that something would I would fall over and the heating element yeah. does carpet, and then there you go. <laughs> Plus the the oil, anything oil filled, it you know with it emitting more so than blowing you get a much more like even temperature you know what i mean as long as you have a fan circulating you know you get a much more just you know i feel like it covers yeah. everything much more versus you know if it's blowing it's much very centralized mm -hmm. to whatever you're blowing it at you know and so. what about humidity wise do those seem to do better with way, my, way like they don't dry it out no like yeah yeah no they don't dry it out nearly as bad no i remember you way had better. one rocking and rolling one year I I I, I used one. I was like, it's still really humid in here. I've I used one two. I've used one for two two three years straight. And yeah, they're great. Great. Yep. What about having a? And one of us here is guilty of this. I won't. <laughs> I won't say who, but uh, one of the giant, like freaking three foot long power strips, <laughs> with like four thermostats plugged into it. Yeah, um, I do it too. <laughs> <laughs> he said it's okay. Drop it. There yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, and that that person here is me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you know, if the amperage of the circuit can handle the load, it's fine, right? 
the three foot power and also like a little disclaimer you know i'm an apprentice electrician i'm not a journeyman so <laughs> you know i i've been doing this a while but i don't have that that accreditation but you know if the three foot um power strip wasn't made to work on all three feet why would it be made kind of a thing right you know um as long as you're not doing that like christmas what is that movie the, <laughs> the vacation christmas yeah. vacation where there's like plugs and plugs yeah as long as you're not doing the crap like that you know i don't think yeah. you have a problem you know because i actually I don't know have... like that's that's what i wonder because yeah cause, like, <laughs> i think everyone's been guilty of something similar to that oh. at one point or another but it's yeah. like to me it's like they're all plugged into each other it's but, all electricity. The only it's thing, moving. like, what's the big deal? The only yeah. thing that got me that you were doing that really drove me because my dad, my dad's a master electrician. Oh, cool. So I grew up doing that stuff. I was a tunnel rat running wire under houses for <laughs> years. Um, so I get, I'm really paranoid about electricity. And dude, the one thing you did that drove me insane is you know how people will like connect heat tape, you know, with wire to wire. He Don't had worry. you had this rack that had it was like six inch heat tape on one side. I still have that rack. It's twelve inch, twelve right inch now. heat tape on the other side. They were connected one thermostat on the <laughs> twelve inch, and I was like, "Oh, dude, don't do I'll that." I'll take it a step further. Don't that do thermostat that. Has a little like extender plug put into it, yeah, and plugged into the back of it, and then both those heat tapes are plugged into that oh geez i'll have to send you a picture it'll probably give you an aneurysm but... oh geez <laughs> well the yeah. one thing about that is that it works uh, the product that was drawing more watts was in control and then also now you've got more watts in a system for something that isn't supposed to handle that amount of watts so yeah i would definitely not do that. <laughs> keep it the same <laughs> size you know it's my baby rack <laughs> well so what had happened was what had happened was <laughs> that rack didn't have any heat tape on it. Yeah. And my dad had heat tape and he's an engineer. And so <laughs> you I took, say that every time he's an engineer, I, I'm making sure fine. people realize yeah, he's, he's not, not an electrician, just some random dude that's just throwing stuff together. Like he knows he, he navigated submarines. Damn he's it. Like I'm pretty guy. sure he knows what he's doing. <laughs> like how could a guy that, that kept nuclear submarines from crashing into the ground, not, yeah, <laughs> be able to put together a rack and not burn my house down. And so far, it hasn't failed me yet. That that uh, Bavarian electronic stat has been handling it like a champ. Yeah, and you're talking about really small amounts of power usage for that kind of stuff. Man. Like right. you're not using much power at all. Like yeah, six watts can do it. You know, well, especially when I keep. I mean, I think the hot spot on that. I just dropped it. Like I dropped the the stat down to like 82 degrees. So oh, it's not yeah. even really running that often is because like the room is pretty day. hot. Yeah. yeah. See. No man, I mean, it's, I still, it's still that. not <laughs> good, dude. Like it's not. I mean, you don't have another thermostat laying around. I bet no. you. Do. Come on. I, I put it. So I I plugged it Wait, in. Wait. So they they have two different plugs. So it's the thermostat. <laughs> Like a three-sided plug Sorry. in okay. the back. Oh my god! And then yes. two different heat tapes plugged into that. Oh god! Dude. And it it works. Uh. Yeah. I'll send you a picture of it. But He's I like, remember. So there, don't. there was Why? a point where I was looking at it, and I was like, "All right, this is a little sketchy." But yeah, dude, I think it's it'll be not okay, okay man. <laughs> it's um, not. I, I use, it's been uh, running for like four years straight. I haven't had a problem yet. <laughs> 
there's always today, you know. Oh god. Oh yeah, it's always the present. <laughs> you better knock on some wood, boy. Where that? <laughs> that? Jesus. I use six foot power strips, and I, I've got them pinned up on the wall behind my my racks and cages. And yeah, I want to get one for all this stuff. Yeah, at some point. And Maybe if you think month. about it, all of that circuit is on one circuit, anyways. You're mm-hmm. you're worried about overloading the device at that point, you know. So, Which they have the and, fuses, and if the fuses blow, it stops working. So there we go. We're we're golden. Hmm. You're like bronze. Cool. <laughs> no, hey, it's still a medal. Third place. <laughs> there you go. There was a whole age devoted to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, how like mm-hmm. how should people know? If they're over, yeah. like, if they're on the verge of of going over that hill of of overloading a, a certain yeah. outlet or it's a power strip, it's really hard to do with just heat tape. Like, it's very tape. hard to do with heat tape. Heat tape, yeah. A lot of stuff on one plug, right? But um, if you're tripping breakers on a regular basis, so yeah, something might be, be wrong. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Sure. Yeah. A regular braces. Basis could be like three times a year when the, the rest of the house is moving. That's that's mm-hmm. a that's something that shouldn't be happening, you know. So right. that's um, well, I've yet to have that happen, so that's good news. Yeah. Um, See, I mean, we're straight. You can do the math. The math is somewhat difficult, and sometimes it isn't. But you know how much power you're using, and what is your device or your duplex receptacle uh, rated for? Um, so kind of calculate all of the power usage of everything on that. And then just pretend like it's all on at once. And is that more than what um, your receptacle is rated for? Um, you can call an electrician. They can tell you. Um, and, you know, if things are snapping off all the time. Things smell a little funky. You got burnt plastic, stuff like that. You know, those are definitely signs. Probably worth one, looking one into. Thing, one thing yeah. I do, you know, semi-frequently is I go down and I feel the actual plug that's going yeah. through the wall to see if it's, you know, it's it's going to be a little warm sometimes, but if it's hot, you know, if it's hot, you got a problem, you know what that's I mean? That's a great like, thing, yeah. Or, you know, your our thermostats are always a little hot, you know? Yeah. But yeah. If, if those are really hot, like, like hot, hot to the touch, you know something? Yeah, yeah, you got a problem. You can slip that out real quick and evaluate yeah. And uh, common sense, you know, don't, yeah, <laughs> don't over, don't do things like, you know, like what our, Smitty our just described. Well. <laughs> yeah, don't do what he just yeah. said. No, that's not, <laughs> but it's probably not what you want. You know, <laughs> if you go, you, okay, I'm just gonna throw this out right now. If you guys, you can go to Black Box Cajun Designs or Black Black Box Black Box Cages and oh Racks. God, try it again. I did, <laughs> it's been a long day. Black box cages black, black box cages. black box cages black box cages. Black, black, black. <laughs> i thought it was cages and rags black box cages it's blackboxcages.com right yes it's okay. right there top yeah. of the screen. okay whatever just go to black box mm-hmm. they'll set you up. you order your rack they got heat tape all through it it's one plug bunch of shelves right into a thermostat Hook up your probe. Done. You Easy. can get dual zones. Done. You can get two different right. zones. Just use two different thermostats for the love of God. Yep. Or use one thermostat with two different zones. Easy. Oh, here's a good question. Because by two. This fool's talked about this before. This fool. <laughs> That's always <laughs> okay. a great way to start to say. Yeah. <laughs> this fool. Plugging a surge protector into a thermostat 
that's into the wall. Okay. Um, okay. No, work? let me. Does no, that... let, let's. Okay. Let me right. get a little farther into that. Okay. okay. So take a thermostat, plug, plug it. No, <laughs> this is. But the, this is why it's going to be different from what you were talking about. Or if you took a thermostat. Now I don't. I don't like this, but I feel like it could theoretically work. If you used one thermostat, okay. and you had um, a surge protector plugged into the thermostat, and you had different systems plugged into that but they were the same heating element at the same temperature you know there's no variance whatsoever and but you only had one probe on one of those racks but it was putting off the same for all those other you know systems is okay that... so you've, you've got a, a thermos this is basically what i do so my thermostat mm -hmm. controls one bar of the uh well it's not a surge protector it's just you know a um right multiple thing it's like a extension cord um and then everything plugged into that mm. is heat tape um all cut the same length and mm -hmm. all of the same size so right. the one thing you get with that is variance in temperature from low to high in your room mm -hmm. um, but i can also say hey that heat tape i can isolate that that's not right so i can unplug that and take that mm. heat tape off and then everything else still works yeah. right so that's actually what i do okay um, yeah and so you and have I'll, like the probe off one of the off the thermostat on one of the racks and then that that reads you know goes for the rest of it yep and yeah. i only do three levels of rack yeah thermostat. i got you so every what three stats levels, do you use what do you prefer uh, i like the ve's just the on offs um, yeah. because yeah. they they fail to off so if they fail, they turn off. Yeah, that's it. They just shut off. I ha I've had one fail. I think I had it plugged into a wall and we lost power and it blew a fuse in it, but it just it just shut off the entire rack. Like that was it. Yep. It was just yep. So you blow off. a fuse and then everything's off. Yep. Um, I've used those, uh, the basic Zoomed on-offs, the digitals. Mm -hmm. um, they work great. I've never had a problem with them and they're, they're like 30 bucks a pop. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I wouldn't put like a whole rack of stuff on there. Like, if, but if you're if you're running just a heat pad under a tank or something like that, they mm -hmm. were phenomenal. And with Zoomed products, the temperatures seem to be really on. Like, you heat on it, you put it at eighty nine, it's at eighty nine. You know, right? Works pretty well. Um, Are you going to take that timer with you? Oh yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> it's been sitting there for like two months waiting for you. Speaking of electrical stuff, yeah, I actually do need that timer. Take it. Sweet. Sweet. I, I will those things. Digital timers all the way. These stupid little gray button tile yeah. things and dialers. What For digital? I don't know, man. I, I yeah. yeah. I couldn't I couldn't find a digital timer that seemed simple enough for me. I like simplicity. Not he does get confused by the ink birds and setting those. So I just <laughs> don't I don't like all the buttons, man. I'm I I'm buttons. with you. I like the V and that's the problem. It's three buttons. There's no labels, and then you have to read these all these directions, and it's just we've got something called YouTube, man. I mean, yeah, like... but <laughs> you know, I just read the directions. I'm not like I can't do it. I just like VE. I like my VE thermostats a lot. They're good stuff. You know, yeah. Spider Robot. Spider Robotics is can be complicated if you have until you use them a little bit. There's a I lot like that goes into it. No, yeah, the herb stats are I great. On my incubator, and it's awesome. I think they're absolutely great thermostats but i'm a ve 
two guy. I like the VE or the VE yep. by two. Uh, you know, I yeah. can't remember what it's called. It's the 300 by two, yep. um, which, you know, it's, it comes with a lot of options, but it's cheaper. It's as cheap as buying two of the VE 100s, yep. Yep. you know? So, so you get, you get the same amount of space and you get a lot more options with them. So I, you know, I think the V 300 by two is really the way to go. Yeah. They're, they're great. I just get the cheap ones. You know, the oh cheap yeah. Ones. No, the one hundreds are great. I have it's I, several. I don't huh. It's an on off. And yeah. They the, they off, so. yeah. I've got my, See, uh, once again, I'm fine. On you the don't... one that's got the, the two different. Oh, it's got, <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> if Good. something happens, it'll just, blow. yeah, no, that's, but yeah, fuses are great. They're yep. great. Saves them. Yeah, I've got my oil filter on one. A little concerning that the one thing stopping everything from just burning alive is a little piece of wire in a glass tube. <laughs> yep. Wait, so you said you have your oil pan heater on a on a VE? Yep, sure do. Oh wow. So how do you how do you work that? Do you have the probe just hanging somewhere in your room or uh the probe is literally like four feet i just take the probe and stretch it out as much as i can and mm -hmm. there it is you know and with the fan going around a, a ceiling fan it, it does pretty good but nice. uh, yeah so i got the most basic oil heater without it's just got an on off right so, oh that, oh so it doesn't have like the knob that you turn a set yeah it's just either flip okay. on or flip off i got you so it doesn't have a, a rheostat or anything involved in that but yeah and then it, it's nice. run by the on off bb I probably oh, should have a proportional on there because you know it takes a while to heat up and cool down and stuff like that. But right. I think we we kind of baby our snakes a little bit. Like it's always yeah. seventy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. seventy five never goes above. It or never below. goes above or below. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, mine. And but I think the var the variance is is good. You know, I like day daytime. You know, I like to follow the weather, you know, a little colder in the morning, heats up midday. <laughs> Shut the what did you like to know, weather boy? <laughs> well, that was un that was uncalled for. Kids sketchy. Kids sketchy. Where are your parents? <laughs> oh jeez. What's yeah. can you explain? Because I know there's a lot of confusion for a lot of people, especially that are newer in the hobby, like the difference between the proportionals and the Oh yeah, for the other models. Yeah, so um, an on/off is just what it's. It's like a light switch. <laughs> so a light switch turns the light on or it turns the light off. A proportional is like a dimmer switch. So it proportions how much it's being. But you don't have such a great swing, so it's it's like okay, I'll give it a little bit so it'll heat a little bit. You know, it's like a light bulb that's turned halfway up. So it's still bright, but not all the way. Yeah, it sort of coasts it, while the yeah, other so ones it, are kind of like constantly. Yep, it goes up and down to monitor mm -hmm. that perfect um, temperature. So whereas mm -hmm. that on off, it's just like that. It's on or it's off, you know. So maybe when it's turned on, it runs right. for a little too long and it gets a little too hot before it turns off. And then it is off for a little too bit long and then it gets a little too cold and kind of a thing. But the the quality of the on off mm -hmm. is so good that I mean, you're looking at a variance of like two degrees. So like, you want to spend an extra sixty bucks mm -hmm. for two degrees on, or you know, right? I mean, that's I definitely roll with the proportional for like an incubator. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Incubator it would be a great thing to use the proportional. 
Yeah. Even like an old school hub abater, if you take the disc and turn it all the way up and then put it on proportional, it will then, because the disc is all the way up, it will then monitor the um, heat in a hub abater just like the proportional Ooh. incubator would. I never thought about that. Yeah. That's all I was going to ask if you like with your oil pan, you know, because I have an oil pan that has like knobs. It has like a, a low, medium, high setting. And then there's another thing where it's like, again, that, that one just like turns, you know, it, it there's basically low, medium and high on the low, medium, high kind of deal. Yeah. I was wondering if I turn them both just all the way up, you know, and then put it on an on off thermostat, it would work, you know, the, essentially the same way. I think the safer way to do that would be to um, use a thermostat as a backup, like mm. have a maximum heat on a thermostat mm. right. and, and reach that everything would turn off, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Yeah. But like, as far as like setting the actual like oil pan, just turn everything up oh, and okay. then hook it to the thermostat, you know, to yeah. turn on that way. It's not like half wattage, you know, the entire if, time. If you're doing that, I would use proportional. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it would work. That's how the hover beater hover beater thing works. That's how I I've only ever bred one uh, cluster snake when I was in ball python last year, and that's what I did. Hover beater in the closet, you know. Yeah, can't be <laughs> worked out well. Yep. So Super wouldn't fun. though because you have something constantly turning off and turning on, mm -hmm. like in the one of the oil heaters, for example. <clears throat> yeah. Would that wear out faster over time because it's constantly got that flow coming off and turning on? Like I think about like in a room, you know, you hear things click on when they're when they're heating up and then you hear them yeah. clicking off. And so it's like I'm I'm not an electrician, obviously. So I don't know these things, but like would it like heat tape too, I guess. Like would it is it wearing that out over time by I mean, we're talking about a, a long span of time, but with that that on off constantly, does that affect it? in terms of just the you know it, it's not like a car engine where there's parts there's like moving parts and things mm -hmm. like that you know it, it's it's a heater that circulates that oil at a certain temperature um i don't think it i don't think it, it really matters mm -hmm. uh, maybe maybe in the long long term run it might but i mean i've had mine for gosh i used it i used to live in lake tahoe so i used it all the time on a thermostat in Lake Tahoe to keep my room nice. Mm -hmm. man, like 12 feet of snow, like no joke, 12 feet of snow in a night. You know, it's mm -hmm. super it's cold. Gone. But yeah, I've had mine for like six years, I think. And I've, there's been no problems. I don't know. You just think about like the bulbs and stuff we get for heat lamps. Yeah. Like the filament burn yeah. out in no time. And so it's maybe like, the bulbs. Yeah. I, I could see the bulbs because that, that little coil in there is so thin, like heating up and stuff like that. That's just not how the, oil fill heater works mm -hmm. yeah but normally you don't have people using a bulb with an on-off thermostat and right. your lights just flickering example, all day like, yeah <laughs> i turn off like at night i turn off my heat bulbs right for whatever when i was a kid and i was using heat bulbs and yep. like they'd last all of like a week and then i'd have to replace them because the filament would just burn out right. if it right. didn't yeah. just break yeah. off on the way home in the bag or something <laughs> was, oh my god it's so frustrating yeah. it's okay, like 10 bucks for some extra yep. terror thing and it's broken by the time you get home Oh yeah, and it would be like one of those things where it's like I'm turning it off at night and I'm turning it on during the day, and like they don't last long as is, and they they definitely yeah. wouldn't last long <laughs> doing that. And it's like maybe it was just my thoughts were maybe it's a similar situation. I mean, obviously with heat yeah. and stuff, it's different because we don't have that stuff burning out, you know, within a month. But right, I would say if there's a heating element like a coil, like there is in a light bulb, that on off would burn it out. 
Right. But if it's just, um, you know, the, the way that oil heater works is it just gets to a certain temperature with a, a, just a heater underneath. Um, I don't know exactly how it's made, but man, mine's. Yeah. And you also have to think like, as far as like the thermostats go, like at least your actual reptile thermostats and then heat tape, that's a reptile industry thing. Like that they were kind of made to do that, you know, yeah, like yeah. it's, so yeah, as far yeah, as those tapes, go, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry tapes about got a ton of applications. I mean, yeah. Agricultural stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, kid, sure. I used to use the tape that you would wrap around pipes to keep them from freezing. Mm. Cause that was in my basement and I found some and I made a rack out of it when I was a kid you know? <laughs> and, and uh, that worked, you know? <laughs> so like heat tape is, is, is different. It just, you know, the electricity goes through it, heats up. but you know, anything with an element, especially a bulb. Um, first off, I, I don't know if I'd put a bulb on a thermostat really. And, yeah. You know, just keep it farther away if you need to. Right. But. Well, now if I need lights, I just use LEDs, man. Yeah. LEDs are great. <laughs> awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm involved in a, a project building a school right now and all the lights, 24 watt LEDs. Nice. Yeah. So not a lot of energy, super bright light. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's what I got rocking right now. That's why Jake looks like a freaking ghost. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I've got, um, I have, I have this huge podcasting setup that my friend sent me one night cause he was all drunk, missed me during COVID and he wanted to talk. And I woke up the next morning. It was a bunch of boxes on my front porch. But <laughs> <laughs> I could like change the lights and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, geez. LEDs are cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. We love our lights. Do you got any plans to get into anything else this year as far as collection? Uh, Bairds. Yeah. Yeah. I need, full, one, I full need one bear. I need one. Yeah. Full bear. Everything's out. Just, uh, <laughs> but not really. Um, I'm, I'm building cages this year. So anything um, uh, money wise is uh, going to be spent on that. Mm -hmm. Making the room nice. If, well, if the right Darwins come up, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I do really like those snakes. Um, and then possibly some great basin gophers. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I, there's a few different lines of albinos that are really pretty. Um, they rival mm -hmm. like the, Apple, the Applegate albino stuff. Um, right. Um, I like gophers. Pitch gophers. Yeah. It's just, I have a small space. I have a very precise list of things I want. I don't want to stray too far because I want really, I want to be able to walk into my room and like have a desk and just hang out and, and just right. have some pages to look at. So I don't want to go too crazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nice. Yep. What about, what about more? You need condros, man. <laughs> yeah. If I were to do condros, I'd get another, I'd build a building. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I was going to do that, I'd go all in like, buy 20 like the ox or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah they're they're sure. cool but i just you know they don't move very much <laughs> they that they don't unless it's dark yeah. yeah they're ball pythons on a stick yeah i like my ball pythons they're kinda... what are you doing with what do you got as far as those go uh ball pythons yeah um i've got not that i'm gonna know what any of those yeah. oh you will they're, they're simple i don't have anything crazy um my my thought is keep it under a hundred bucks, pretty much. Um, <laughs> there you also, go. Yeah, just because genetics are cool, it doesn't matter really what you're looking at. But mm. I've got a pair of het pies. I bred them. That was the first snakes I bred. I got all normals, <laughs> ah. and I've got, I've still got all six of those normals. Um, nice. I don't really want to get rid of them. I, I like this. I like snakes. I don't really want to sell them. But yeah. 
and then I have a pinstripe male and an enchi female. And that's what I got. Nice. So next year I'm gonna do, try to do pinstripe enchis. But um, yeah, they're fun. Um, it gives me something to do while all the Morelia are growing up. No plans for coastals or brettles or anything like that? No, no, not in the mix. Uh, they get a little big, the brettles. Um, I've, I've held some. They're really cool. Um, I do maybe, miss mine. Yeah. Maybe if I could do them outside most of the year, mm-hmm. which the habitat here, the Tempest and Reno would probably be pretty good for that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I think that would be really doable. Like, mm-hmm. maybe if I could ever start it over, it'd be like, Brettles, inlands, and diamonds outside. You know, how cool would that be? What are your yeah. winters like there? Uh it's cold. Yeah, we get snow and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So they'd have to they'd have to, I mean, we're at Valley Floors is over three thousand feet. So you know oh, wow. we, yeah, it, it gets cold here. And you know, mm-hmm. Lake Tahoe is thirty minutes from my door. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're close to the mountains. But um yeah, I'd have to bring them in, but all summer they could stay outside and that would be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm moving. I'd really like to keep more things outside, like even the Darwin does that. Yeah, there's like, a lot of people that have that have seemed to get that. They've got that bug where they want to try it out. You know, I've I've got a handful of friends that talked about how they'd love to to try stuff outdoors, and like I'm not brave enough to do it. No, I, just, I worry I, too much about yeah. other yeah native stuff. Right. We got too many. Yeah. We got too many varmints around yeah. here for that, man. I I, I, I can't. I will. I won't do it, man. I've seen what they do to chickens. I'm not yeah. letting them do that. To my no, <laughs> yep. no. I've always. But, I wanted. I. I've thought about trying to do like a, a sunroom type deal that's completely oh, screened yeah. in. I've thought about that like a lot, and I think that would be really cool. I used to keep um, a panther chameleon when I was a kid in a sunroom, and it worked out really well. Nice. In a Jackson's, it worked out really well. When I wasn't I, going to work for ten hours a day. I could actually take care of a chameleon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think but, that's, there's something that's been trying to dig into the, the mouse shed, like under the door. Mm. And I'm thinking it's, it's a, either a raccoon or a possum. It's probably a raccoon. I keep filling the hole in. And every time I go over there, it's like dug back out. Yeah, it's a, oh, little man. Bit, a little bit more every time. But I don't know if they've actually gotten in there or not. Cause I put like the, where we throw the old shavings mm. in, I like put that bin in front of it. I mean, mm. a big raccoon could easily just like, shove yeah. it out the way they don't care yeah. but i'm about to find some rocks or something to put in there because yeah I'm like whatever it is trying to get in there i mean i don't think they could get to any of the the mice um i don't know man i bet uh, you they'd figure yeah. it out i've seen those things i've seen those things tear out of a have a heart trap they can, yeah they can totally. get into those those mice bins so ironic that it's called there's also the the metal flashing that you can buy and just some text, some self-tapping screws mm-hmm. on the outside mm-hmm. of the building. Maybe just make it harder for them to scratch through. Well, it's a giant like barn door that's that rolls. Oh, okay. And they're digging under part of that, so yeah. I don't. That's tough. It could be one of my parents' cats too. I don't know, but <laughs> it seems like much more of a raccoonish sort of uh yeah thing. I want to try to breed a little mice this uh, this upcoming year. Um, I kind of have this thought where I I've got a, a raised garden bed that I built. Um, I kind of want to grow all the food that the mouse would eat and then feed it to the mouse and then, you know, have, you know, a package of fuzzies or something that I can feed off my snakes and feel really good about it, you know, mm-hmm. where, the, where the food comes from and yeah. where the mice go and stuff like that. I think if you got the space, it's 100% worth it. Yeah. You know, it's really not that time consuming. 
Um, even given what, what we've got going on, it's not anything major. I think even if it's just one of us cleaning, it's only like an hour's worth of work, maybe. Oh, really? And that's okay. kind of just moving at my own pace. But like when both of us are working them, no we're time. in and out of there in like 20 minutes. No nice. time. Yeah. It's nice. It's, that's so. cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I get a little uh, sniffy though around them. So oh, do you? oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of like if I had them, it'd be like, one little group in the back shed or something. <laughs> yeah, they, they kick yeah. my allergies every time I get, go over there. I can't, I can't, I can't tell if it's just the season or if it's the mice. You know, but it seems like every time we go over and do them, it could be the hay too. Yeah, you know, we put in there. It's you know, I'm pretty, pretty sensitive dusty. to a lot of dust and stuff like that. So yeah. probably but with a small collection, it, it's yeah, like it, even with yeah, the price, it's manageable. I think it's overall. I I think it's cheaper than buying, you know. Even yeah. like if you look at it in terms of like annual costs, yeah, I think it's. What do you, you think it's cheaper? I haven't really gotten any mice from us. Well, I just mean in far. general, like seeing like what we've had to pay. Yeah, seeing what time. we're producing, like even though yeah, we're rate we're stocking up a lot right now. We haven't really cold. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're trying to. I know you're taking a little bit here and there, um, or more than that just but, to feed the kids yeah and the little ones um but uh you know seeing what we put out versus what i spend on what i just spent on mice not too long ago it's yeah it's, it's definitely yeah. worth it yeah i got not too many mice for quite a bit of money <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's kind of ridiculous but i like to um i seasonally feed pretty much everything and even mm-hmm. if that means I'm still feeding. I'm choosing prey items by the season. So I start off with mice, go to birds, and not many of my stuff gets rats because you can mm-hmm. kind of fill that size with birds. But um, like they'll get one or two rats a year at the end of the year, mm-hmm. right before, you know, if they're a python, right before they stop eating for a month. Mm-hmm. Um, that's stuff that keeps eating all year. Like Candoya, I, I don't really know if they go through that kind of seasonality those islands are so kind of stable in their temperature i know it gets chilly mm. there i'm not sure they yeah they'd more... go off like a rainy slash dry season yeah, yeah something like that of prey items you know the type of prey items for them um, not so much like not feeding them it's like mm-hmm. you know this time of year i think you're getting birds or this time of year right. you know mm-hmm. you might get you know i think rats might be a thing this time and i don't really know for sure i'm just kind of guessing but <laughs> right that's kind of what I, i've been doing but It'd be it'd be nice to feed some some mice that I grew on some stuff I grew in my backyard. Yeah, yeah. How, for sure. how cool would that? Be? Yeah, it's definitely nice knowing what you're you know what's going into them. Yeah, you know they're not just some sort of mystery of what were they fed and how were they kept before yeah. they got sent to me and you know when you open the bag and it's just like oh man I can't yeah. feed these to my <laughs> you know <laughs> like, I got to get rid of these ones you know which sucks yeah yeah we get some like the older ones they'll get like these uh tumors i guess i don't know if they're necessarily tumors for sure but they get these giant sort of knots on them in some parts and yeah i don't even like feeding those so i'll usually call them and just toss them in the woods for something to eat but i'm just I'm, the snakes would probably eat them no problem not have any yeah, issues as a result sure. but i'm just it weirds me out i don't i don't know yeah it's, or like have you ever seen an xl mouse oh my god <laughs> those things are just like Ah, nasty almost. <laughs> just yeah. Like, yeah. It's like this tiny head and like huge body. And mm-hmm. That Jeez. male pinstripe all python only eats mice. 
unfortunately. Jeez. <laughs> so. I just ordered some uh, hairless <laughs> hairless mice for the first time for some water snakes I'm getting, and my God, those things are hideous. <laughs> they're they're dis they're disgusting. Like they look like massive pinkies. <laughs> yeah. Are they like adults? It's, uh yeah, almost. They're like medium, medium sized adults. And they're just hairless? hairless like genetically yeah. hairless? Uh, I guess. I got them from Red Pro. They don't Rodin. shave them before they send them to you. <laughs> I assume not, yeah. Uh -huh. No. That would be a Ask shit. dumb questions, get dumb answers, <laughs> dude. Sad. I don't know what that to tell you. Suck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I know. Yeah, no, they're two thousand mice. They're, disgusting. <laughs> the end of they're the day. disgusting, dude. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. These look like scrotums. It's weird. Frozen scrotes. Yeah. Are you, are you doing scrotes. that with the? Are you doing that with the neurodia so they don't eat all that hair? Yeah. yeah. So they don't. They kind of reject stuff with hair. If they, it, mine won't even eat them. I have some. I have some that could take you know like fuzzies and stuff like that no problem um i tried it one time before i knew about this and you know once i was told about it it made sense because i offered one a fuzzy it grabbed it because it smelled mouse and it immediately spit it out and i was talking to chris montross and he was like yeah they actually like they have a hard time digesting that stuff sometimes you know they'll, they'll okay. throw it up or it comes out you know it doesn't come out very well um, and he said a lot of his will just reject the prey if it has wow. hair on it, you know, because they're, they don't eat a lot of hair, yeah. you know, rodents, you know, their diet consists of frogs and fish. You need to get them on them frog you know? legs, man. Yeah. They're yeah. definitely going to get some frog legs mi mixed with the hairless mice. I need to buy some and more. fish. I still have a bunch. I haven't thought some out in a while, but frog legs? Yeah, yeah. I have a ton. Did you get a box of those? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I got them, got some a while ago. I'm all about feeding off some frog legs. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to get some. I'd like to get the the salt marsh. The, the like. Yeah. 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 Clark, this thing, uh, Clark, Clark, Clark Eye. Yeah. yeah. What is it like? Impressa something in Clark Eye. Um, yeah. But yeah, those things are really cool. Yeah. <laughs> silver, silver ones are really cool. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're very neat. And I've heard they're, they're much. Yeah, I've heard yeah. they're much more chill than regular Nerodia too. Like they're not nearly as. But as babies, like, they are freaking tiny. Yeah, Holy small, small smokes, they are very, very small. I about actually found a Clark Eye while I was in Florida. Oh, cool! Which I thought that was that was. Was a, it a red one? Uh no, it was more like a black and tan. Okay. So it was, it was cool. It's almost it's like you gotta here. start like breeding guppies or something like that. Yeah, no, and you can like you can chop because I feed them pretty much all mine eat chopped up um, tilapia and um, pinkies. So I yeah. mean, you know, those little Clark eye, you'd have to you know supplement with something other than just you know the fish, you know, because they'd yeah. probably be too small. I mean, you could chop sure. up pinky parts, I guess, but you know, you can yeah. feed them you know really small pieces of tilapia. Just you know, nice. give give a little added, and then we could. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure that tilapia would be more nutritious than a pinky i mean yeah yeah no it's much very easy to get you just get a whole bag of fillets from yeah, walmart yeah. and you're good to go i like the neurodia and the thamnopus i love garter snakes i found six i'm trying to get i'm trying to get 10 and 10 in one year that's my goal this year. there you go um, and i'd like to i'd like to keep some um i'd like the coast garter so it's kind of like the california red side but without the blue so a mm -hmm. lot of red black and stuff like that i really like that species. nice 
I found some of the in in one weekend. I found California red sided, um, aquatic garter integrate. So there's a space um, where three types: Diablo Range, Oregon, and the other one, Santa Cruz um, aquatic garters, all integrate. So I found one of those really cool, hmm. and uh, and the Coast Garter all in one day. Super super good day. Nice. Yeah. Super good. Those freaking what is it? Lake and Top three rubber boas and three rubber boas that day. That was. Nice. <laughs> That was a good day. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, those Lake Chapa garters are freaking cool too, man. I think it's Lake Chapala. Chapala. Yeah, yeah, the high high Mexican lake. Lake yeah. Chapa. <laughs> yeah, the, those Mexican locality garters get mammoth, man. They're they're huge. Yep. I'm gonna try I, to find I, the next one. I'm going for is the giant garter, so Sacramento yeah. Valley. Oh yeah. I'd yeah. like to see one of those. I guess those get very big too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we get some pretty awesome. decent sized Easterns here. I'm nothing sure. like those. I mean, I've, yeah, though. nothing like I those. Mean, I mean, yeah, are, I've seen some yeah. chunky Easterns here. Yeah, we'll get yeah. chunky Easterns, but it doesn't stand up. Just short and beefy. Yeah. I found a much. mountain garter at 7,200 feet while hiking a mountain in October Jeez. <laughs> last year. It was, um, I was like, just kind of going off trail. There's this beautiful lake um, and river underneath the mountain, super scenic. And like, wait, what? That's a garter. And I was like, grabbed it and it was like super cold. And like, but I was just holding it. it was an awesome little mountain garter. <laughs> That's awesome. What are you doing? Go back, go underground. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Herpin's been hot sure. and off this year, though. It's been cold. Yeah. It's been warm, cold, and warm. Yeah. It's been like that here. Same. Too. Same. Yeah. I found a rattlesnake when it was like 55 degrees out the other day. Nice. It was. Pretty 55 really yeah no like There's legit it was like 55 degrees when we found him ago. wasn't even in the sun he was in it was cloud coverage the whole nine yards he was just <laughs> sitting on the edge of a path so, yeah it was interesting i've been finding stuff on bike paths lately that's my new thing it's like oh, road yeah. herping but slower <laughs> yeah. yeah no and i i prefer a slower pace i would rather ride a ride a trail on a bike than you know but I know more areas for cars. So boards have become very, I've, I've met some people and gone and flipped some boards and boards. Oh, and yeah. I like it. it yeah. <laughs> you know, not much energy involved, you know, yeah. it's kind of walking. Oh, there's three things. Yeah. <laughs> Better than hiking them down. Absolutely. Well, we are at an hour. 45 anything else we want to go over before we uh i think we covered we everything. finished skinning this cat if people want more information on you know the, the dog training or anything yeah like that, where can they where can they do that um so get rattled is the name of the business on um, on facebook and uh, you know they do every states all the way from oregon california nevada and colorado nice so classes all over the west coast and uh yeah so just get rattled on uh facebook you see some of the coolest things that we're, we're working with too yeah yeah and if anyone has any questions as far as like electrical stuff or yeah um, contact with you what's the best way for them to do that yeah or, or especially if you got any like burnt out equipment that you want to send me i'll pay for the shipping um uh i'm peerless dylan or dylan peerless on facebook yeah. and then nice. uh freaky 1991 on instagram phr <laughs> <laughs> cool nice 
Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, we we uh, really appreciate you coming on. This was yeah. definitely an interesting episode. A little, little, little outside of the box a little bit. So that's uh, a. Have to do cool. another one on herping at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I do a lot of herping, a lot of miles, cool. beat up a lot of cars. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. It just means you're doing it right. Oh yeah. I have, have to come on snakes and stogies sometimes, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. It, I wouldn't. I was going to tonight, but man, it is like pissing rain and. 40 degrees out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to sit in that for two hours. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely not. But, All right. Well, we appreciate right, it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me on. Super fun. Yeah, yeah, man. This is episode 158 of THP brought to you by blackboxcages.com and Steve Snakeshuary. Check out both. Uh, we will be back for Snakes and Stogies on Monday, episode 117. And I have no idea what we're going to do. We usually don't until nope. like Phil texts me that morning. He's like, "What do you got planned?" I'm like, "Nothing." He's like, "Okay, okay, I'll figure something out." And then, so, cool. it's just how we roll around here. Yep. Um, awesome. Well, I will see y'all next week. That's right. Everybody have a good evening, good morning, good day, whatever it is. Thank you.